Welcome to the Creative Genius Captivated podcast. My name is Yiqing Zhao, a miserable medical student turned award-winning actor, filmmaker, and creativity coach. While my name literally means artistic youth in Chinese, it took me almost a decade to find my calling and path. I help multi-hyphenates overcome burnout, unleash their creativity, and become unstoppable using mindset and customized strategies. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Creative Genius Captivated Podcast. And today we have a special guest. She, her name is Cynthia Franzi. She is a licensed financial strategist for over twenty years, and she's also my mortgage broker. So <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, Cynthia. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, of course. So I was just double checking because I know you were a makeup artist in film and TV industry. Yes. Let's start with that, and then we talk about money. So, where do you want to begin? I, um, you know, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be an actress, and then I decided I wanted to be behind the camera. So, I grew up in Middletown, New Jersey, about forty-five minutes away from New York. And after high school, I would go from from Middletown, forty-five minutes south to Brick, and about an hour and a half north to New York City, three days a week. Just because I knew getting a license in beauty and cosmetology was certainly not going to teach me the industry, so I worked in、uh, Soho at a very, very big salon. I'll, I'll leave the name out. They were the, the top company in the '80s and '90s, and this is early 2000. But during my breaks, I would literally just walk on all kinds of sets because you know in New York they're filming everywhere. Yeah, and I would just walk on set and walk on set and walk on set. I walked on the set of the movie Seven. I walked on multiple photo shoots and on and on until I met the right people. And、uh, next thing I know, I graduate beauty school in December and in January I'm doing the Bill Blass shows Seventh on Sixth and then、uh, doing the first shows, the men's shows, CD covers. I, I mean, it was wonderful. Did a lot of theater, film, print, commercials, independent movies, and I loved it. I loved everything about it. But during that time, I was a single mom, so it's not always easy to get up and run when you also have to be a mom number one. So I worked on the last independent film, and、uh, it paid okay, but not enough that I didn't need to have a job still and be a mom still. So、uh, I had to make some choices. So and of course, my kid came first, but I did it for a long time. It was about nine before I changed gears. He was about nine, so basically, a nine-year-old is like pretty, you know, self-sufficient, independent already. Especially when your mother leaves you that way. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> He's thirty now, so we can talk about it. <laughs> He's thirty. Yeah, my your, son is thirty. Your son、now. is my—that's my age. Oh gosh, no, yes, my look, son is your age. <laughs> You're—you look so young, though. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, my son is thirty years old. Wow. So this is a long time ago. This is twenty years ago. Wow, easy. Yeah. Okay. So, was there a turning point for you to say, "Okay, I'm not doing this anymore"? I just because I know what、well, you said. You told me that you learned about the money. You learned everything about money the hard way. What was the、yeah. hard way? The hard way is I learned how to make it and I learned how to spend it. No one ever taught me how to save it. No one taught me about you know tax diversification. They didn't teach me you know. 
the rule of 72 and how to get out of debt. They, no one taught me long-term savings, you know, and retirement was, it was just not talked about in a hardworking middle-class family, divorced parents. Nobody talked about, you know, do this. Of course I heard of a 401k and, you know, everybody's like, do the 401k, but nobody ever taught me how to do a 401k. No HR person ever sat down and taught me anything. So it was kind of wing and prayer. And, you know, those rumors you hear on the job, and I, uh, I did some things very smartly and some things not so smartly. But uh, the turning point came when I, I worked on a film. I was gone for about 35 days and barely saw my son. Um, when you're key hair and makeup, you have to be on set at all times. It's, ve- it's a very stressful job, I know. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and given the opportunity, I do it again. But uh, my son's grown now, so it's very different. Yeah. And I love what I do now. So I'm very honored that I get to work with fantastic actors like yourself and help because it kind of keeps me in the game. But um, then when I sat down with somebody in the industry, I realized that I knew nothing about money. And uh, he basically said to me, if you stop working and I had a job, if you stop working, how much money do you make? And I said, none. He said, if you stop working, how much money does the people who own your company make? I'm like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll need five people to replace me, but they'll be fine. He said, who would you rather be? I said, well, I'd rather be them. And he said, well, that's what we do. I said, what's next? And thankfully, it was a finance company where I could be an entrepreneur in a half a trillion dollar company and learn basic skills for myself and then be able to pay it forward to help so many other people. Yeah, cool. Well, so what would you say? See, here's the thing. I think artists, we don't talk about money enough, right? Just like we used to, oh, okay, so you should do 401k, but like nobody talk about how to do that or nobody, we just don't. A lot of times we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about money as much as those in finances do, of course, because all they do all day long is to talk about money. But we don't. We talk about passions. We talk about the projects we work on. We talk about the people and the scripts and this and that. But we don't talk about money enough. And when you don't talk about enough, chances are either we don't know much about it or sometimes we have shame around certain things. I certainly did. I would say just last year, I had a whole lot of shame around money. Now I'm in so much better place. But still, like, it's just shocking to see that oh gosh, I didn't talk about it. It's really because there were so many negative emotions around it. Yeah. There's, you know, I, there are so many people, not just artists that have negative emotions around it. Cause what are some of the things we hear when we're kids? Money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that. What do you think? It's Christmas every day. Where do you think we're getting the money for that? Oh, that's only for those people. Like, I, I mean, just think of all the crazy things that our parents, not maliciously, of course, they did what they knew, Mm -hmm. but we were taught. The reason there's old money is because if you go to the older families, and I just say the Rockefellers, for example, they sat at the kitchen table, they actually talked about money. When I sat at the kitchen table, if you even remotely asked my dad how much he was making, we don't talk about that. That's none of your business. You know, no one talked about money at the kitchen table. And uh, so we just didn't grow up that way. It's not a middle-class mindset. So a lot of people have a lot of avoidance around it and very successful people avoid it. It's not just actors. Now I find with artists, you're, you're so hundred percent, right. We are so about our passion. And I, I say, cause I am an artist at heart and I always will be. And my motto is I bring rainbows and butterflies to a very black and white industry, <laughs> Because it is, it's a very analytical world. It's very, you know, black, white, black, white, black, white. And money isn't. Money 
is multifaceted or multifaceted and there's so much to it and there's so many areas around it and, and things to learn that even if you took a finance degree in college, I've still taught people things they never heard of before because there's just a whole other way to look at it. And like anything, your relationship with money is probably in direct relationship to many other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I want to put it this way is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Always. That's my how, favorite line. Exactly. Exactly. How, so how you deal with how you manage your money is also how you and how you manage other aspects of your life. If you avoid money, chances are you're avoiding other things in your life. You are 100% avoiding other avoiding. things in your life. Exactly. Because you're an avoider. <laughs> Exactly. And what do you think, just based on experience and based on whatever, what do you think is the number one mistake you've seen in artists in terms of managing money? Uh, That's a great question. Of all the people that I've talked to, the, the biggest mistake that I see the artists making is just not dealing with it. You know, as a career, you know, we were taught And it's many households, unfortunately, you know, there's not a lot of parents that encourage their kids to take the artist role. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I remember my son was a drummer and he did, he did a couple of scenes in a few movies, did some acting um, when he was little and he was asked to be the stand-in drummer. I can't remember the band. It was an all boys band. I think they were all brothers. I forget which one for a video and he decided he didn't want to do it. And I was crushed more than he was. But one of the postmen at my local post office said to me, he knew my son, he saw him play. He's like, if your son was offered a gig to tour with, let's just say Backstreet Boys or whoever it was at the time, I I can't remember, whatever band it was, it was a big band. He was offered to tour with them. What would you tell your son? Would you make him go to college or would you take, tell him to take that tour? I said, I would tell my kid to take that tour. Yeah. He says a parent just came to him and said, try and please convince my son not to go on that tour, not to do that, because there's no career in musician. You know, you work at the post office. This is what he's saying to this guy who plays in a band and my son needs to go to college. And I said, I would never encourage that. And the problem is, again, as parents, we're all doing the best we can. There's no manual, but no one's encouraging the arts. And when you're not encouraging the arts, people who are artists take it as a hobby. Yeah. So I want to be an actor. I dream of being an actor. I can't wait to be an actor. But if somebody asks, what do you do? Oh, I'm a server at Hands or wherever. Is this what you want to do? No, I want to be an actor. And it's like the secondary thing. Whereas what you want and what you focus on is what you will get. So if anybody asks you what you do as an artist, you are whatever artist you want to be, musician, actor, dancer, singer, whatever. Um, And that needs to be your primary who you are. Everything else is part-time until you get there. Right. And I think that's the thing. I know you recommended me to read um, uh, T. Harv Ecker's book, right? I, I am reading it. I am loving it. And he's saying the same thing is that what you focus on expand. So like if you don't deal with money, if you think, oh, I don't have I don't have much money to manage right now. I'm just going to not deal with it until I have more. And then you're never going to have more. You've got to start dealing with it and then you will have more. Yeah. One of my favorite things that he teaches, um, and I've seen his seminars, multiple uh, seminars that I attended, was even if you have a dollar, you divvy it up and save a piece. Because people will always say, I'll get out of debt and then I'll save. I'll do this and then I will. I'll do this and then I will. And then 
the will never happens. Exactly. You have to, I don't care if you start saving a dollar today, you have to start saving something because you have to create the habit of saving. Yeah. And I think that's also another way to look at it is how I would like to say who before how. We become this person who can manage money. And then you know you have to, just like what you said about the identity of I am this person. So you become yeah. that person first. And you really, we are made up of our habits. There's, I 100%. think exactly the major difference between, between successful people and unsuccessful people is their mindsets and that mindsets influence your habits, how, what you, how you do, you know, your habits are affected by, or just decided by your mindset. Yeah. How you wake up in the morning, what do you do first thing? What's your, you know, what's your routine? getting it, especially, especially as an artist entrepreneur, because I'm an entrepreneur too. I own my own business. No one makes me come to work. No exactly. one makes me, you know, stop or start working. It's entirely a self-discipline. And if you want that, that role of an artist of any kind, you need to have that self-discipline to create yourself a schedule and go to work. Another thing that I noticed among, because I, I, I also work with artists, among many artists that I work with or just talk to, is that they worry about not being able to make money. Like th- there's a lot of worry. Yeah. So how do you, how do you think of that? Well, it goes right back to what you just said, what you think about, you bring about. Yeah. You know, so if I say, you know, like the one thing, if somebody tells me they're a worrier, which I'm not naturally a worrier, do I, you know, do I get a little stressed sometimes? Absolutely. But there are certain things in my life that I just know they're always going to work out because they always do. Yeah. Um, and when somebody's like, I'm worried about this and, and you could tell they're worried, I just ask them, I just change their state completely. And I just say to them, you know, Yijing, where, where were you? What were you worried about last year on January 24th, 2021? And you'll be like, I have no idea what. And I'll be like, exactly. <laughs> no need to worry. Yeah. You well, I change somebody's state in an instant by picking a random date. And snap, random yeah. Like snap them out of it. Yes. You know, yeah. The worrying thing, actually, it runs in my family. Um, I, my mom is a super duper warrior, not warrior, but warrior. Like she, and it, it's, it affects her health. It affects, you know, it really affects a lot of things. And I just have to tell her worrying does not help. Like, I know your brain wants to do what it thinks helps. And our brains like to think worrying helps, but it does not. It's just and our I brains. Think, yeah, yeah. I think worrying is also um, part of being a control person. Mm. Like you think you can control something by thinking it in a different way, but you know, sometimes you got to really just, when you get in that worry state, you just got to stop and say, okay, what can I control right now in my environment? And is this going to matter in five years from now? And if you ask those two questions, chances are you'll calm yourself down that and take a few deep breaths and you'll be okay. But worrying about money, you know, again, if you worry about one thing, you're going to worry about everything, but worrying about money never brings more money. Exactly. You don't catch a butterfly by running around after it. You have to stand still. You have to be in a clear state and you have to get this abundance mindset because I'll tell you, I, I can't say I haven't worried about money, but it's not my normal stress, um, you know, good times, bad times, whatever. I, I, I just always sit back and I go, okay, I'm not homeless. I got 
you know, money in the bank. I got investments. I did the right thing. I, I live a good life. Okay. What am I really stressed about? Yeah. Short-term broke. I'm not poor. <laughs> you know, that's something else I always teach, you know, poor is a mindset. That's how we're raised. Exactly. Broke is temporary. You can be cash poor at the moment or cash broke, yeah. but you're, you're certainly not poor. Yeah. You know, and what I, I was just reading the book is I'm going to start tracking my net worth. We, you got to focus on your net worth, not just your income, but your net Correct. worth. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I teach is to always have, you know, what's in every month, what's out every month. And at the end of the month, that's either your profit or your loss. Um, and it's a spreadsheet. It's not something I create because I'm not a spreadsheet person, but I just teach people. You do it on a piece of paper. You do it on Excel. You could do it in some fancy thing that you might find online, but every dollar in and every dollar out. And then you'll know what's left. Yeah. I do it. I, I, you know, I do have a form that I fill out with people on a monthly. The, I do it per monthly spending, but I don't do it once a month for them. But I show them we do it the one time to figure out where they're at in all areas. Mm -hmm. And then they can take that and keep going. So it's a guide. Yeah. But um, you have to know where the money's going. You have to, you have to run yeah. your house like a business. If your business doesn't get up and open the doors, if you own a Dunkin' Donuts every day, at the end of the day, you count the register, you count the cash in, you count the cash out. You have to know daily. You don't wait six months at Dunkin' Donuts to realize that, oh, wait, we've made no profit. It's daily you cash in your register. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a house, that you need to, maybe not daily, but at least monthly. And, you know, that's that, again, goes back to what we said about the avoidance. And that's the thing is that if you're scared to look at the numbers, then, you know, what you, uh, I think, yeah, that's also what um, T. Harv, I can't say, isn't it? T. Harv Ecker. You're right. That's you're also right. what he says about what, when you start tracking things, it grows. When you, right, when you start tracking, yeah. it grows. So I wanted to ask you now that we, we, we work with artists so much and what we see and being a working artist myself is that I have to invest so much in my, not just in my business, but like in my, in my crafts, like I have to take classes and right. If you're self-employed or even if you have a nine to five, when you have to keep investing in yourself, how do you, what's your best tip for artists in terms of investment, both investing in yourself and, you know, investing to let the money work for you? Well, First of all, anybody who says debt is bad doesn't understand debt. Mm -hmm. Debt is not bad. You know, we have a mortgage, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have a, you're a new homeowner. Congratulations. And you know, right, I have debt because I have a mortgage. Right. You know, it, it's what the debt is. Now, if your debt is, you know, Macy's one day sale once a week, then your debt is bad. If your debt is an excessive amount of stuff, that's not benefiting your life, your debt is bad. If your debt is education to better your career, to expand your business, if your debt, you know, getting a loan for your business so you can grow and expand as long as you use it towards that and you are growing and expanding, that's good debt. Yeah. No one started a business with zero. There was always something that they needed to invest in. Yeah. As long as you're using the money properly and then paying it down properly, then it's good debt. Again, you know, even if the debt's on a credit card, of course, we don't want major credit card debt and we don't want revolving debt. But if you have to take temporary debt to get long term 
income right. because you invested in yourself, that's okay. You know, no one will invest in you if you're unwilling to invest in you. And I don't mean you personally, but you know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah. Well, no, I made my thumb we, earlier this year. Oddity. I, I, you know, and see, that's the thing. I think when you start investing in yourself, you will see the results. It's absolutely like you will see the results right away. And sometimes the results is not like, for example, I invested in my film. Could I get other investors involved and do the fundraising campaigns? I could, but that's going to take me so much longer. And I'd rather do it first and then figure out the money later. Yeah. You know, so that's, I'm like, okay, let me just put it on my business credit card and then get it rolling. Everybody has to do it the way they can. So yeah, if you need investors, great. If you can go into the debt and you know, you'll be okay. Great. We all have to figure out that personal way to do it. But I mean, I have coaches. I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell my clients to get coaches if they, or to use me as a coach, if I didn't have coaches. Yeah. Same. I spend a lot of money investing in myself because I need to be the best version of me. So I can show up as the best version for my client. And it's not just that. I think when you become the best version of you you again it's just about every aspect of your life and I start to notice how just for myself how investing myself has changed my mindset in terms of noticing what's working because before I would just say oh this is not working because I have not won an Oscar yet you know like that's actually a major I've seen this in a lot of people they're like oh I haven't I'm not there yet but like what is there when you yeah. start investing yourself, you start to notice, oh, okay, I've learned this today and I'm one step closer. Tomorrow I've learned that and that shifted my mindset. And then another day I landed an opportunity that is going to, so we start to look at these little things. Yeah, the wins. You start the to wins. notice all the wins and you become aware of how, you know, he, I was here, now look at me. I, you know, we learn it all the time that getting to that place isn't the job or the goal because if it is you miss the journey yeah and if you really think about it there was a quote long ago and it's one of my favorites but you know we all have the same end every one of us has the same exact end mm-hmm. the ending's the same for every person every yeah. human yeah we're all gonna die it's what do you do with the in-between yeah you know there there's a great saying it's all about the dash in between the day you're born the day you die what are you going to do with the dash yeah and it's the dash that matters so getting to the oscar doesn't mean that you made it it just means that you hit one part of the journey after that do you just quit and die so you got to enjoy the whole ride the whole ride which again makes worrying useless useless exactly (laughs) exactly yeah. Makes worrying useless, but it doesn't make saving useless because you got to save to enjoy the journey. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So spending and saving and investing and long-term, short-term, you know, taxes, all those categories of money, they're majorly important. And getting somebody in your corner to help you with that is majorly important. And I think just the awareness of knowing that money is important and you got to look at it and you got to talk about it and you got to educate yourself on this subject, that awareness is going to change is like the beginning of a new change. Yeah, it's it's absolutely the beginning of a change because I, I mean, as you said, you couldn't have done your film without money. You can't be an actor 
Um, if you if you want to be a real actor in the industry, you're going to do it for money because you're going to get paid. If you decide you don't want to get paid for it and you're like, I don't like money. I want to avoid it. It makes me scared. I don't like to deal with it. You keep that multi-million dollar check. I'm just going to do this because I love it. They're going to be like, all right, go to the down, you know, down the community playhouse or something and do your pro bono work. Films are made with money. They need actors that they want to pay a lot of money when they're really good. Yeah. Like in the end, we're doing it not for the money, for the love, but the money of it. Right. The money comes with it. That's part of the job. Let's talk about worthy, like feeling mm. worthy, worthiness. The reason why, you know, we had a conversation and that's what you said, that you see that in me. And I'm like, oh gosh, that's so right. Because I am, this is really something I'm working on. And again, I, I'm not like covering it up from my audience just because yes, I am a coach, but I'm also a human and you're a coach and you're also a human. And there are things that you are working on as well. Like we are yeah. always working. We're always a work in progress. So like in terms of, and I say this in really in, uh, especially in women, especially in women of color, I I, I should just say uh, there's, it's probably rooted in our programming and our upbringing that, you know, there's that I'm not worthy enough. Or sometimes I think that imposter syndrome and this, it's really, they are sisters there. So how do you yeah. see, how do you, how, how do you see that in terms of money and in terms of receiving? Um, the, I'm not worthy and I'm not enough are probably two of the main things that hold back most people from every area of their life. Mm -hmm. I think it always comes down to, if you start getting into a conversation and there's fear and there's avoidance and there's this and there's that, there's always, if you dig, 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 it'll be, I'm not enough. Yeah. I, I think it's part of our society. I think it's, um, I don't know where it comes from because no one's ever looked at this little angel that was born and so innocent and pure and said, eh, they're not worthy. You know, all parents ooh and ah and love abundantly on this baby, but somehow society gets involved. And for some reason, we start to wonder if we are enough and if we are worthy. And the reality is, if you believe in a God or a higher power, whatever your faith is, you know that each of us has a direct purpose and we are perfect as we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast this morning and I've heard it a few times now. Had I not gone through the experience of struggling and I, I won't get into the details, but being abused by my son's father and raising him on my own and the struggle financially and getting on welfare and then off welfare and going through that to be who I am now, I wouldn't have a story to tell somebody to help somebody. So even though I went through all that of that whole not worthy, not enough, not worthy, not enough, that is exactly what made me enough to go help and pay it forward to somebody else. Yeah. And we have to look at it that way. Um, you know, the podcast I was listening to is about a guy who met somebody in county jail that helped, who was a, a, a lifelong criminal, like a career criminal who guided him was this man had a 65 year sentence ahead of him, how to survive the jail system without going into gangs and everything else. And he needed that other man's career criminal life who probably thought he had no purpose and wasn't enough to be able to help him survive what he was about to go through. Yeah. And thankfully he was out in 13 years. So we have to understand that all of us on this journey, whether it's a financial struggle, a career struggle, a relationship struggle or whatever struggle, that struggle is personal for you. The catch is, are you going to overcome it or are you going to fall to it? 
And if you overcome it, you overcome it or go through it so you can give it to somebody else. And when you realize that every one of us is here to help someone, if it's only one, you'll realize that you are more than enough. So it's in that perception of what does it actually mean to you to be not enough or not worthy? Mm-hmm. We learn it. And when you start digging, you'll realize that it, it's never, it was never actually given to you. It was something you picked up along the way that wasn't ever yours. And I, you know, I posted on Instagram yesterday and I said, saying that I am worthy is if you just make it, it's a decision because sometimes it takes a while to, to unwind, unwind that your old, your old programming or right. Untangle those things. So if we just make it a decision that I decide I'm worthy, like I don't need to convince myself I'm worthy. I don't need to, it's not a debate. It's a decision. And then we work on that, you know? So it's just a constant reminder. I've decided this is something I've just like, I've decided I'm an artist and I'm an artist. And every day I have more evidence to step into that identity. Absolutely. And I would just challenge you to take it one extra step. So I decide I am worthy. Who told me I wasn't? Just so you can ask the questions like, who told me I wasn't? Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And then you break it down to the absolute, oh, no one ever said I wasn't. Of course I'm worthy. You know what I mean? So you can really dissect it and you'll realize that no one ever said you weren't. And, and then you'll get to the root of it. Because just to me, and this is just me, affirmations work to an extent. To yeah, but you got to get to where it came from so you can erase it, right? And then you don't even need the affirmations, yeah. Then you just know, then you just know you're enough and you're worthy, and it's all going to work out. And maybe, and maybe lo- yeah, I'm a work in progress. I am, I go through it too in all areas. Is this really right? Am I really enough? Am I really this? <laughs> so we all have it, it comes back, it. right? But you know how to handle it. But that's just the thing. It all goes back to awareness is that we have human brains. And yes, we invest in our brains and sometimes those things come back. But the difference between investing in yourself and not investing in yourself in terms of your personal development is that we know when it's come when it's coming back, we know, oh, that's my old model coming back, knocking on my door, but I don't have to answer it. Or I can answer it in telling that old little nasty voice that it's not your place. I yeah. know what to do with, I have decisions, you know, I know what to do. Exactly. I think it's exactly. really having the agency to choose your thoughts and to choose where you're making decisions from. Are you making decisions from fear or lack, or you're making decisions from, from love and abundance? Absolutely. Those are magic words. Yeah. I learned that in my la- with my last coach that I'm still with. And, and I was like, I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, those decisions were totally made from fear. Exactly. Exactly. And now I'm like, I can make them from love and abundance. Yeah. And it's peaceful that way. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree completely. So what are your parting quotes for uh for our audience? Most of them are artists in my community. To everyone out there, never ever give up on your dream, number one. But make sure your dream is your profession. Don't make it your hobby. Make it, I don't care what else you do to pay the bills, your real profession and who you are is what you want to be. Um, And then you won't have imposter syndrome because it'll be your primary focus and you'll work towards it. Mm -hmm. Number one. Number two, stop avoiding the money. Being a successful actor, artist of any kind, you are going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah. So do not avoid it. Learn now what you can and can't do. Um, You know, you have my 
information. You can post it however you want to do it. They can call me. I'm happy to always do a free consultation, but don't avoid it because if you avoid it now, if you get the big gig, you can't can't get the money. What are you going to do? It comes with the money. It comes with the money. They go hand in hand. Yeah. So embrace it, love it, get excited for it. It's here. It's who you are. It's why you're doing what you're doing and just never give up. Oh, cool. So how, how, tell people about the links and your, where to find you. So I can be reached at findyourmw.com. Uh, F-I-N-D-Y-O-U-R-M-W.com. Findyourmw.com on there. You can schedule appointments. You can reach me. Um, don't look for me on Instagram because I have to get a new VA to get that all up and running, but I am on LinkedIn, um, under Cynthia Frenzy, my name, which is on the screen. You can find me and it'll have find your MW, uh, millionaire within. So, and I'm on Facebook, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, my website, and soon again, I'll have Instagram up and running. In fact, by in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Because I do post on Instagram and I will need your help promoting this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm so excited for your success. Oh, thank you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. You're now one step closer to having the creative life and career you want. If you would like to deepen the work, go visit coaching.yiqingzhao.com to find out how to work with me. Or you can hang out with me on Instagram at yiqingzhao1222. If you would like to receive a freebie, seven questions to get you unstuck, please subscribe to my newsletter. You will love it. All right. I'll see you next time. In the meantime, take care. Happy creating. Bye.